All right. It's uh, a special edition of the Patriot Nation podcast. Uh, it's your boy, Pat Lane, here, as always, with my guy, Matt St. Jean. Matt, it was a hell of a first round, uh, a surprising first round on many fronts. But I think there's a solid argument that the Patriots got the steal of the draft at 17 overall with Christian Gonzalez. Yeah, I mean, if you told me coming into the draft that the Patriots were going to take Christian Gonzalez at 14, I would have been happy. If you told me they were going to trade up for Christian Gonzalez, I would have been happy. Trade him back yep. and getting him, it's a steal. And I said it during our live show, but one of the first things I was thinking about when you see Forbes, a guy who was a day two projected pick go, and then immediately the guy who was the projected first corner go back to back. I'm thinking Jalen Raker, Justin Jefferson a couple of years ago, where it's like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like one of the teams overthought it. I like Emmanuel right, Forbes, right. but Washington preferred him, and I think that's probably going to be a mistake because Christian Gonzalez has lockdown ability unlike any other corner in this draft, athleticism unlike basically any other corner in this draft. and He's a guy who can reshape the New England defense for a minimum of the next five years, if not longer. He can be the next tight law Stephon Gilmore, Darrell Revis, except, you know, well, Ty Law was homegrown, but the other two, weren't. he can be the next Ty Law in that regard. Right. Right. Well, you know what's crazy for me is that, you know, look, for, everyone knows, if you listen to the show, you know Forbes is my guy. I love Emmanuel Forbes. I've been a huge Forbes guy for months now. I've been pounding the table about Forbes. Um, and so I was, I'm excited for the kid to be drafted that early. With that being said, yeah, he's my guy, and I picked him, and, and that's great, I, but He's my guy because I purposely went for a day two guy. I thought yeah. he'd be a day two guy and, and and maybe even a late day one guy as he kind of, as you know, people started talking him up and it looked like he was going to sneak maybe into that end of that first round for him to go 16th overall when Chris Gonzalez was still on the board. That to me is wild. It's wild to think yeah. that, you know, that that would happen. Now, again, I love I love what he brings to the table. I think that he can bring a lot of of stuff that you know other players necessarily can't. But it, with Christian Gonzalez on the board, I mean, again, he was my consensus. He was my number one overall corner. Now I know that uh, you know Devin Witherspoon went fifth overall. I think Devin Witherspoon's a very talented corner as well. But I think Christian Gonzalez he turns twenty one on June twenty eighth. He's not even twenty one yet. He can't legally drink it. That's crazy. I mean, like, so he's so young and he has so much talent. Um, and, you know, with the speed and the athleticism and the size, you know, 6'1", 197, like, he's got the size to do it as well. So I, I just think, I think if when you're looking at it, I think that it's it's a home run pick. I know he's got, he's got his warts. He's not a perfect player. I understand that. But if he develops and if he works and if he listens and you know and is coachable the sky's the limit for this kid yeah he can be everything you want in a franchise corner if such a thing exists on a defense right. he has all the ability in the world he comes from a very athletic family um i, I actually didn't know this I, i'm not sure did you watch um what the behind the scenes thing with the detroit lions a couple of years ago no. Their quarterback, is it David Blau? I think that's how you oh, say yes. it. Oh, yes. Yep. 
Yeah, David, there's a segment on there where David Blau's um, wife is doing a, a race, I think, in the Olympics or, or some kind of some some race. She's a runner, and the whole team's celebrating and all that. That's right. Yes, I remember. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's Christian Gonzalez's sister. Christian Gonzalez's, yeah. Sister is married to David Blau, huh? Yep. Interesting. Yep. And so, I mean, that shows you the athleticism from the family, and it's a little small world NFL moment. Yeah. But I, you look at what he can do for the scheme of New England, too. Uh, you lose Devin McCourty, and you get a replacement as a hyper-athletic defensive back who can do a lot of things, can play man coverage, can be aggressive, can be a ball hog. And he, he, if he can be a lockdown outside corner, then you can do anything with the other guys. It means right. Jack Jones can be your corner, too, and can freelance a bit. It can be a little bit riskier. I mean, the Marcus Jones can just play in the slot full time. He doesn't have to go outside. It means Jonathan Jones can go back to the slot. And all three of those guys can can switch around a little bit, depending on how you want to play it. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Mills can play safety. Jonathan Jones can play safety. And Mills can come back to corner. We can have them both play safety. It means you can just throw some crazy defensive looks out there if you want to, because you have a lot of guys with a lot of different skill sets. If he becomes a lockdown corner, I mean, your secondary – especially if Marcus and Jack Jones both develop, your secondary, your starting three corners are set for the next three, four years. It's pretty nice, especially when they're all on rookie deals and you got a pass rusher and Josh, Josh Uche you want to sign and the safety and Kyle Duggar you want to sign. And it's, yeah, I think there were some other guys on the board who could have been good picks too. It sounds like they, maybe Zay Flowers was somebody they could have been interested in or a Jackson Smith and Jaguar, whoever, if you want to go for a pass catcher. But the game is about net, net, points allowed and i think christian gonzalez can take away more points from the other team and some of those receivers might be scoring for you hey absolutely and i think that that's that's what it comes down to and you know we kind of mentioned it a few times that you want a playmaker and sometimes that playmaker is going to be a wide receiver and sometimes that playmaker is going to be a corner and sometimes that playmaker is going to be an edge player but at the end of the day you're looking for a guy that can be a playmaker for you um and i think mm-hmm. gonzalez does that and again you know, yeah, they drafted two corners last year who I think are talented. They brought back John Jones, who I think is a talented player. But what this does is it gives them the potential to have a bona fide CB1 on the team. You don't have a bona fide number one corner. Look, I think Jack Jones played really well last year. Now imagine if he's your number two corner and he's playing against the second or third best corner at, at second or third best wide receiver instead of the number one wide receiver. Now imagine Marcus Jones, instead of being on the outside covering T Higgins can be on the inside. You can use his speed and athleticism to blitz more often to freelance mm-hmm. in the middle of the field to, you know, cover Over those fast. In a while. <laughs> right. Right. And so I just think that's fascinating. And the other part of it too, that Murph pointed out on the, on the, on the live stream was, you know, not only do you get the guy you wanted, not only do you pick up an extra fourth round pick to do it, but you also blocked the Jets from picking the player that they wanted because it looked exactly. all signs pointed to them taking Broderick Jones. You move back to 17 with the Steelers, and the Steelers jump up and take Broderick Jones instead. And I think so. I think that that's, you know, it's a fascinating thing to look at, but I think that that's really, um, you know, that's kind of an added bonus, a little cherry on top. Uh, by the way, a, a convergence of two of my mocks, my mock draft 3.0, I had the Patriots taking Broderick Jones at, uh, I'm sorry, I had the Patriots taking um, Christian Gonzalez at 14 overall, and in my mock draft 5.0, I had the Patriots taking uh, Broderick Jones at 
uh, 15 overall. So the convergence mm-hmm. of my mock draft 3.0 and 5.0, Patriots get the guy I mm-hmm. mocked them, and Broderick Jones goes in the spot that I had him projected to go. And you have the uh, the trade from my mock draft, my final mock there that I yep. put up where I had Patriots trading back from 14 to 17. I, I called uh, the Steelers giving up that, that pick 120 to come up and get a, a, a tackle. Yeah, Love it. The yeah, exact so, trade. I mean, what a what a nail that nailed that I missed, one. I missed on one part of the trade. I had the Steelers also adding in a seventh round pick. Yeah, yeah which they could have done, you know. But it's but I think the Patriots in that situation decided that it was more beneficial for them to trade back. So they'd take a little bit less to move back, and they said we'll entice the Steelers to move up by taking a little bit less. Uh, and so you don't always have to win. You don't have to quote unquote win the trade to win the trade, right? They moved back because they knew they could pick up another pick. And realistically, you got so many picks already. What the hell are you going to do with another seventh round pick? Like, it, you just didn't need it, you know? So, no, and it's, I'm not, yeah, that's fine. Um, right. And a couple notes here, like Matt Gross said, they, they had a good feeling Washington was going to take Forbes. They, they had a feeling that he was still going to be available at 17, that like Gonzalez was still going to be available at 17 when they made the trade. And, like they just, they I think they were prepared to trade up for him. He fell to fourteen. They got the call. They looked at the board and they realized, oh, well, we can just get next or fourth and still take the same guy we were going to take here because nobody's grabbing him. Right. And if on the off chance somebody does grab him in this spot, well, we got a couple other guys we like and we're willing to take the risk. And it paid off. I mean, that's uh, just we've been looking for a playmaker for this team for so long now, and right. the defense is stock should be stock full of them. Kyle Duggar has really high upside. Jack Jones can be a playmaker. Mm-hmm. If you have a lockdown corner, it's you can throw it one side with Gonzalez, and it's probably going to be an incompletion like every time, or you can risk the other side and probably get a pick six of Jack Jones. So pick your poison there. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. And I, I think that that's really, you know, it's fascinating. And you look at it, if they were comfortable, if they were comfortable with Forbes going at 16, then the only pick that you have to worry about is 15, right? And so... If the Jets, they, I'm sure they were comfortable that the Jets weren't going to take Christian Gonzalez, but even if they had, or even if they had traded out with someone who wanted to trade up to draft Christian Gonzalez, well, Zay, Zay Flowers was sitting there, and I think that Zay was was high on their board as well, and so they probably would have gone for either of those guys. And I, I just think, look, the Patriots don't always make the splashy, sexy pick, right? Usually it's, they're taking this guy or they're taking the defensive lineman. They're taking an offensive lineman or they're taking a running back or they're taking this guy. So often they're on the board and they're on the clock and we're saying, man, like it would be so cool if he took this guy and they end up taking, you know, last year, look what happened last year, right? They take Cole strange at 29 overall when they were sitting there at 21 and we're all sitting there saying, take Trent McDuffie, Trey, take, you know, Kyrie Elam, take one of these corners, take you know whoever no they move back to 29 and on the clock they take a guard right and you're like come on and you know and look i think the cold strange pick i think i think is fine and i think will will turn out to be good but now they're on the clock at 14 they move back to 17 they pick up a pick and then they take an absolute stud again who i mean evan lazar tweeted out forget about christian gonzalez being his number one corner Christian Gonzalez was his number one player on his entire board was Christian Gonzalez. Um, and so I just think it's so interesting to look at, you know, where different people had him. And I don't know if I'd go that far, but 
still, I, I think the elite athleticism and the traits are so high, and I, I, I'm, I, I couldn't be more excited about this pick. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, I'm very excited for it. I think another note too from Matt Grow. Uh, we, I think we've seen a theme here with New England of taking guys who they're already familiar with for one reason or another, guys who they do more than just the regular scouting on, and that's the case here. They just hired Adrian Clem as their offensive line coach, a coach from Oregon. Uh, who got to see Christian Gonzalez every single day, and they, they have a little bit of a relationship there. And it just helps. There's a lot of uncertainty in the draft. And yeah. when you can get a guy who, forget what any individual say, the consensus says that Christian Gonzalez was the best, one of the best guys in this draft. And the consensus is usually better than any individual. Uh, Arif Hassan has a, a, a consensus big board he pulls together of, where all the experts have him. Christian Gonzalez is the seventh best player in the draft. So you get a guy who's incredibly talented mm-hmm. and a guy who you know how, what he's like in practice because you have a relationship with one of his coaches who's now on your staff. It's how you reduce uncertainty right there. Yep. And that's what this whole thing's all about. I also feel really good about this because with the talent and with what he's done, even if he isn't the lockdown all-pro corner we think he could be, you still think the floor is pretty high. Still think he's right. going to be pretty good. The worst case scenario here, I think, is still missing pretty high just because of all the things around him, um, and it's just it makes you it makes you feel better about the pick. There's a there's a lot of reasons to feel good about this pick, and you, you make that with picking up a fourth in the the process. Um, we'll see, but it certainly sounds like they're willing to move around tomorrow and might might uh, might make some moves up and go grab somebody else. Well, I think, I, and I think that's the big thing, right? You kind of look at this and and you say. I think that there's going to be some fireworks tomorrow. I think the Patriots are going to move around tomorrow. I think they have they have 11 picks left in the draft. They had 11 picks total coming into the draft. They just picked up another pick. So they have 11 picks left. They're picking at 46. They're picking at 76. They're picking at 107. They're picking at 117. They're picking at 120. They're picking at 135. They have all these picks, right? And the four fourth-round picks, you can't keep four fourth-round picks. You just can't do it. I mean, that's crazy. And so you would think... Now that they're going to take 46 and they're going to package one or two of those fourth round picks, or maybe one of those fourth round picks and one of their four sixth round picks and move up from 46 to draft someone a little bit higher than where they are. So I I just think that, you know, for me, I'm very excited about where this draft is headed. Um, I think they're better than they were when they at the start at the start of the draft. And, you know, there's there's a lot of ways they can go. Ultimately, I think I think the board fell perfectly for them. I couldn't have asked for a better for a better outcome than what they got. So, um, really, really excited about what the Patriots um, ended up with, and you know how much ammunition they have to move around the board the rest of of the draft, but but especially tomorrow. They're in a they're in a very good position right now, and what I think they're supposed to have two picks tomorrow as mm-hmm. things stand right now. I think it's going to end up probably being three. If I had to guess, I think they make yeah. an extra one in there somewhere. So we'll see how they move around. But uh, this is best of day one the Pats have had in the draft since probably drafting Mac Jones and maybe even before then. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And I, and I would say, I'd argue it was before even drafting Mac Jones, to be honest with you. So, um, but the level of excitement by people is high 
really high. And, and probably since they drafted Mac, um, you know, has the level of excitement been this high, which is great. So um, really exciting. Just super quick around the rest of the league. Tons of trades today. Tons of trades. Um, you know, Houston, I think, was a big one where they jumped up from 12 back up to three. They draft C.J. Stroud. They draft Will Anderson. They give up a first and a third round pick next year and a second round pick this year to do it. I think it's a lot to give up. I think it's an awful lot to give up. But if you're 100% sold that those two guys are going to change your franchise, then I think it makes sense. Now, if that, that pick might be a top 10, 15 pick next year, which hurts. But if you feel like those two guys make that much of an impact that you need those two guys, then you make the move and, and and you live with it. And so I think that that was, that was interesting. Of course, the Cardinals who had moved back from there, moved back up to six. And so I'm not going to go through all the trades, but, <coughs> but it is, it is really fascinating to see, you know, what they've done and, and, and how they've done it. And so, you know, the bears move back again, one more time, the Eagles, I think, you know, you walk away from the Eagles draft saying like, they, are they going to draft anyone other than front seven players? But, Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith walking away today with those two guys. I mean, that's outrageous, outrageous. And if you're, you know, if you're an offensive coordinator in the NFC East, you're like, what the hell is this? How am I supposed to stop these guys? Right. Of course, Patriots play them this year too. So that's going to be an awfully interesting game. Um, that right there. So Adrian Clem is going to have his work cut off for him and, uh, you know, against those guys. But, you know, and, and, and I think, on the on the negative side of it, I think Detroit has to be the worst. They they've got to get the lowest grade. Look, they trade back from six to twelve, which I think was great. They were able to pick up. Uh, let's see, they pick up. Um, they pick up twelve and thirty four. So they picked up thirty four and one sixty eight. So they picked up an extra second round pick and an extra fifth round pick. But then at twelve, you take, you, you know. You take Jameer Gibbs at twenty at twelve. I mean, what are we doing? Taking a the second best running back on the board at twelve is crazy to me, you know. And then a little bit later on in the draft at eighteen, you pick Jack Campbell, who I love. Jack Campbell. Don't get me wrong, I love Jack Campbell, but he's an off ball linebacker. Taking him at eighteen, I think, is way too early. You should have traded back, tried to get back another ten picks or so, um, and take him there. Now maybe there was no offer. Maybe no one wanted to do that. You know, I don't know, but maybe no one wanted to do that. And that was the issue. But I just feel like you just, you jumped, you jumped the gun on that one. And, you know, Alex Barth put it perfectly where, you know, he said Detroit had a great second round. But the problem was you had two top 20 picks. That's not where you wanted to end up. Two very good players. They fit Dan Campbell too. But yeah, it's, Here's the thing: the Lions won't come out of this with the worst draft because both of those guys will be good. Yes, they're also gonna—they're they're not gonna have the best draft. They have eliminated that possibility. Right, right. I agree. That's a good point. It is a good point. It does raise their floor, where you can look at it and say, like, "Hey, these are good players. They're gonna be consistent players for you." But it's not—it's not what you're looking for. You know, you're not—you want to kind of shoot the moon, as as people say, and and they weren't able to do that. I don't think of these. So um, I think it's it, man. It's, it's almost one o'clock. I, I, we, we, uh, we had an awesome four hour stream tonight, which was great. Um, I loved it. Loved every minute of it. It was awesome. 
tons of people stopped by. Um, it was great. Too many people to name, honestly. It was it was awesome. Uh, we had a blast with that. We'll be back live uh, tomorrow night. I guess tonight, technically, right? Friday night and Saturday doing instant reactions on picks. Uh, some of them will be just me. Some of them will be just Matt. Some of them will be both me and Matt. Maybe maybe even, uh, you know, Rich or, and or Alec might make an appearance as well. Who knows? You never know. Um, but we'll get instant reactions to you about all that stuff. And next week, next week, we have a special draft recap episode. And I won't tell you who the person is, but I will tell you that he has been on my draft recap show, I think, I think three or four years running at this point. So if you've been listening to the podcast long enough, you already know who it is. Um, but if you haven't, you'll find out next week. Anyways, Matt, one hell of a first night, one hell of a first night for the Patriots. I think, you know, I think you could make an argument that they won the first night of the draft. Um, I'm sure there are other players, other teams that you could say won as well, but the Patriots walking away with a consensus top 10 pick after trading back uh, and drafting that guy at 17, I think is just, is an absolute grand slam. Very happy. Very happy. Yep. So anyways, thanks so much for listening guys. We appreciate it. And like I say, we'll be back uh, live on YouTube and in the podcast stream uh, all weekend long, breaking down all of the Patriots draft picks for you. Take care guys.